In some cases, you stand strong and adapt to situations like a champion. In other cases, you feel like a limp noodle. Does this mean some situations take more resilience than others? Or it takes a different type? Or maybe we can run out or something? In this episode, Dr. Kashi discusses resilience as a skill versus an outcome of the genetic lottery. Roll the intro! Hello! Hello! And welcome to... Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, and this is some super amazing biochemical grade cold brew. <laughs> All right. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, and on today's episode, Dr. Cashy is deconstructing resilience. Is it born or learned? Are you born with it or do you learn it? Hmm. In other words, do tough times make people resilient? Or is it the resilient people that make it through tough times? Hmm. Okay, all the memes, all the memes and bumper sticker lingo aside, it turns out the answer may surprise you. It's actually closer to the latter than the former. Uh, resilient people make it through tough times more than tough times make for resilient people. But, and a big but, the reality, in Dr. Cash's biased opinion, is that when you take a closer look, it's actually neither. It's actually neither. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, Isaac. <laughs> You and I, we are taking a critical-ish look at resilience and what makes it tick. Let us deconstruct this resilience puzzle together, right? So let's set the stage here. Set the stage. Sally sold seashells at the seashore, okay? Dr. Cashy wants to know what you think a typical response is to being truly challenged. Is it to adapt and overcome, or is it to distribute the negativity and blame of preventable failure? Hmm? So we're starting with a quick thought experiment here. You got two people. Each have an equally traumatizing experience. That is, they both get equally traumatized. Okay, they both get equally traumatized. One person spirals out of control and their mind and body deteriorate at a, at a market rate. Okay, and the other recovers and more. Seeking mastery of more and better skills. Improving their mental and physical capacity their mind and body improve beyond baseline, also at a market rate. What is the difference between these two people? Why does one deteriorate and the other one grow stronger? And maybe more important, or at least more important to me, which I think makes it more important for everyone, is that is this an outcome you can influence with conventional means? Hmm. So Dr. Cashew will answer these questions in sequence and then explore a bit deeper. So number one, the difference between these two people is the resilience response. Question two, one deteriorates and the other grows because the resilience response affords, among other things, many other things, the capacity to find value from what happens in times of strain, hardship, and doubt. Then number three, yes, this is an outcome you can influence with ordinary tools. That is, with the stuff you got laying around the house, so to speak, okay? The need for resilient responses manifests in the laboratory, at work, in sports, at home, anywhere you go, at any time, the world may call upon your resilience, okay? 
you need a resilience response for the annoying, inconvenient, and generally unpleasant happenings of daily life, like hitting red lights, getting sick, a breakup. You need a resilience response for the near universally traumatic things, natural disasters, extreme violence, torture. <laughs> so let's define the problem a little more. Again, born with it or learned. Uh, Dr. Kashi was, third person Dr. Kashi was and still is intently focused on how people overcome obstacles and challenges. It has taken many forms because obstacles also present themselves in many forms. Uh, it has been the topic of his empirical research for more than 15 years now. He has, throughout this time, found that resilience is quite often viewed as like this fixed biological trait, okay? Put another way, if there are resilient people, it gives the misguided impression that some people are born resilient and other people are born delicate and weak. Uh, stick with me here and let's unravel this a bit. As we've been over in some of the other Coffee with Cashy episodes, separating a person from their actions adds a layer of objectivity. This is good. This means it gives you a fresh and more functional perspective. For instance, if a person is good at riding a bicycle, does that make them a biker or a person with strong bicycle skills? At the same time, if a person is good at overcoming hardship, does that make them resilient or a person with strong resilience skills? Hmm. In other words, I'm saying resilience is a skill. <laughs> you can train a skill, you can master a skill, and from a linguistic standpoint, I think the term resilient people, although it comes off the tongue easily and is good to, for, for common language and dialogue, is actually a rather damaging term. It makes it seem like, especially during times where you need to draw upon your resilience, that you either got it or you don't. And anecdotal evidence, academic evidence, clinical evidence, and empirical evidence, they all suggest resilience is more, is more vocational than a heritable trait bestowed upon you by the stress gods. <laughs> and this is why I suggest you forego the concept of resilient people and supplant it with the more apt resilience response. Okay? And this is especially true because resilience, as a fixed inheritable trait, makes it seem uh, infinitely generalizable, uh, meaning like... A, person, a resilient person can handle any hardship at any time and overcome it and be stronger. However, resilience has proven to be far more categorical. This means you can have a lackadaisical or seemingly absent resilience response in one area of your life and an out-of-this-world resilience response in others. Some people have been in battle, seen and experienced unspeakable things, and reintegrated successfully. That same person who is able to work through daily barrages of shrapnel bullets may feel completely out of control and flounder with a daily barrage of emails, okay? And this may seem strange and maybe present itself sometimes uh, what appears to be comically. However, it serves two examples. One, that the resilience response is categorical. And two, everyone has a good resilience response for something. And that means you can translate that skills to other areas that need it. Okay, so let's explore a little bit of a solution here. What does the resilience response look like, especially in a practical everyday setting? Since resilience is categorical, what are the best ways to generalize it, translating it to as many facets of life as possible? So here, we're gonna break out the beautiful whiteboard again, and I found listed 10 trainable skills that make up the, resilient, the resilience response. I'm gonna make, found a typo in my writing here. Whoopsie daisies. 
Okay, here we go. 10 trainable skills making up the resilience response, all right? Number one, studying others with exceptional resilience responses, okay? The classic study here is Dr. Viktor Frankl and his search for meaning during the years he was a Nazi prisoner. His case study, in my opinion, is the bedrock for contemporary resilience research, okay? Number two, finding and recording valuable data during a challenge in real time, all right? Can you exit your head and view the situation as a spectator? Number three, actively searching for teachable moments and reviewing that information. So growth happens when looking in the right place and asking the right questions, and this deepens and accelerates your rate of change. Number four, respecting risk, discomfort, and challenge, especially when they all happen at the same time. <laughs> and this is instead of embracing, ignoring, or suppressing those things, and I think these are common and irresponsible attitudes, right? Number five, being open to new and different things. Again, this is different than, you know, by and large embracing everything that's new or shunning things that are new. Be open to new and different things. And this generalizes uh, the so-called opening of the top, raising your potential, and protecting the bottom, giving you a safety net at the same time. And this mitigates the stress associated with failures, failed experiments, or plans that go sideways, while also helping you to respect the risk, discomfort, and challenge associated with hardships, right? Number six, flip over the old board here. Have robust solution framework for thinking problems and practical problems. And got some coffee with Cashy episodes discussing that stuff, so make sure to go check those out. <laughs> Number seven, using that framework to be purposeful in decision-making and flexible in your execution of those decisions. Remember, between stimulus and response, there is a space to inject logic and reason, right? Borrowing from Dr. Frankel, okay? Coach yourself into making that space as large as possible, okay? That sets you up to win, right? Number eight, Self-respect, okay? And I have an operationalized definition here that I think will be helpful. Separate thoughts, beliefs, and actions from the person. That's what that means, okay? Especially when that person is you. In other words, making a mistake is light years away from being a mistake, all right? Number nine, once separating yourself from your thoughts, beliefs, and actions, then you must substantiate or dispute those beliefs and thoughts with facts and evidence. Pretty reasonable, I think. That's pretty much my favorite. <laughs> and number 10, self-reliance, all right? Self-reliance. And part of that self-reliance is relying on yourself to find support from the right people. You set yourself up to win by, again, opening up the top and protecting the bottom, right? Raise the potential, add a safety net. And you, you raise both of those at the same time, okay? So to summarize here, you are born with the ability to exhibit the resilience response. That response, though, is categorical. You handle risk, challenge, and discomfort in some areas of your life better than others, okay? And this is good. That means you can generalize that skill to other areas. Practically speaking, Dr. Cassie is all about helping you develop your resilience response. He is about disentangling the way you think and feel from the way you act. And this means that you can process what's going on in the environment and in your brain and when this happens, you create opportunity, specifically when challenged, to arrive at growth-oriented conclusions so you can achieve, all right? So if you're interested 
If you are interested in honing your resilience response, then let Dr. Cashy know by sending him a message or leaving a comment. He has your back. All right. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out.